Is there a reason chocolates are not that popular or breeders don't care for them? All right, guys, welcome back. This is another Instagram question that I thought was a good one. Uh, potentially a little, little, you know, walking the fine line, I suppose. Um, but I will we'll get into it, and I'll explain why I say that. Came from a message through our Instagram dog one account, and it was a thread that kind of went for a little while. I had a per- person that messaged me. Um, her name is Sally. She, let's see, she said it started out a while ago. She got a, a puppy from a place in Minnesota and the, and the place in Minnesota had given them a list of recommendations, um, for stuff to get for the puppy. And I was, and she messaged me and she said, you were, your stuff was on that list. And I, I, she wanted to know if I knew anything about the kennel. And I said, man, I'm re- I don't, I didn't know anything about them, but I was grateful that they, you know, supported us that way. I thought it was awesome. I sent her a message back with the information of, you know, that's great if you're interested in some of our products because we had, I think, our training videos were on the list. We've got the puppy video, the foundation video, shed video. That was what the kennel had recommended, but I also wanted to make sure she knew, you know, we've got our YouTube channel and we've got our podcast and we've got different places that we try to share um, as much information as possible outside of just the products that we sell um, from our store or at retailers. And so... We messaged back and forth a little bit. Then um, she asked me, do you notice a difference between American Labs and British Labs as far as training goes? And, you know, I talked to her about the idea of, I do think there are some differences. I don't think that it's necessarily like a real black and white thing because I think there's British dogs that have certain traits that are real desirable to me, which is why from a personal preference standpoint, that's the way I lean. Um, I bought my first British bred dog in... 2003 so it's been 18 years it's been a while um i have seen some really good british dogs uh british you know british genetics bloodlines uk bloodlines i've also seen some that are really not desirable to me so i i wanted to make a point with her of yes i do think there are differences between the american dogs and the british dogs i don't think that that means good or bad necessarily i've seen some american dogs that I really like. I owned an American dog that I really liked. My first dog that I got, 1999, I got my first Labrador Retriever and it was completely an American Labrador Retriever. Bought it out of the paper. And she was great. Um, I would take a dog like her any day of the week. Her confirmation was maybe a little bit different, but not far off. She was a smaller dog to begin with. I don't know that she weighed, she might've weighed on it when she was a little thick she might have been 60 pounds um so i don't think she was much bigger than than the dogs that i have right now and have had for for years and years now the difference is you know are weren't a lot between her and some of the better dogs what and now i say better dogs for me better dogs i don't like there are some there are some dogs that are that i've watched more recently because i paid some attention to some trial stuff and some um, hunt test stuff and paid attention to some of these some of these dogs a little bit more over the last few years and there are there are a group of them out there that are absolutely like real high desire um, real desirable within that community and I would not I, you couldn't give me one I've had people offer you know really want you to train one of these dogs for me I, no I it just doesn't I'm, I'm not interested 
I will, and I'm actually, it's something, this is a different direction with this, but I do have an interest in, I'm going to be talking with a guy that does some breeding for more for the hunt test stuff. And I'm interested in training one of them, not to keep. I, I don't have, I, I don't, not for me, but I would have an interest in training one because I'd like to really test out for myself of whether or not some, I know some of the breedings are definitely um, not my style. Like they're just, they're way too hot for me. I mean, just, I'm going to be just, I'm not going to beat around the bush. There's just way too much dog for me. They're way too hot. They're wired way too tight. Um, I, I understand that they have a, a need for that. They like that. Um, when I say they, some of the trainers that are into that like that, need that in order to achieve what they're trying to achieve. I'm a hunting dog guy. I'm a family dog guy. And I'm not saying you can't have a hunting dog and I'm not saying you can't have a family dog out of a field trial or hunt test type line. I'm saying there are a lot of them out there that don't fit that bill very well. And I'm being honest. I, I know plenty of them that don't hunt for multiple reasons because they don't want to erode some of the stuff that they've put into them for the competitions because they're not capable of it. When I say capable of it, they're not enjoyable to do it with. The list goes on and on, and I'm not interested in that at all. So it's not the right fit for me. It doesn't mean that it's not the right fit for you. So I know that this podcast, this episode, will probably get close to and may even uh, ruffle some feathers with some people. And I'm okay with that because I'm not, I'm going to make, I'm going to do my best to make my point clear that I speak for what's best for me and my clients. The clients that I'm training dogs for, there's a reason why they get them from us. It's because they see our dogs, they know our dogs, they want dogs like it. And I, if they don't come from our dogs, I know where I can get it. And so that's, you know, Callie is not from our, we did not breed Callie. Um, Chief, we did. So Chief is a puppy that I'm starting right now. It's gonna belong to my son. And Callie is a dog that came from another kennel, Riverview Farms it's called. They're out of Tennessee. And I 100% would take a dog from them any day of the week. They are just, she is just a fantastic little dog that fits exactly, very close. I don't know that any are exact, but very, very close to the style of dog that in the the type of dog and the way the dog trains and the things that the dog has fits really well with what I'm looking for. I want to talk about this question that came up. So that, that, that's the British American, that's part of the kind of the British American thing. So then all of a sudden we started talking or I commented or I messaged back to her. She messaged back to me and she said, I just, this was not too long ago. It said, I just listened to your male versus female podcast. When was that? Episode 125. So episode 125, the question was, are male dogs or female dogs better? And so that was a question that I think came from one of the platforms. So, so she said, I just listened to the male versus female podcast. I prefer males. Is there something to be said with handlers and the opposite sex of their dog? I feel like I can connect better with male dogs. I was wondering if you had heard or know anything of this. And I don't know that I don't, uh, to answer it just plain, I don't know of that. I think it probably has to do with preference. For me, I've trained a lot of dogs. So I can, I can look at back uh, you know, on history and I can go over the last 20 years. I personally have probably enjoyed working with female dogs more than the males. 
I, it's not that now the best dog I ever owned personally that I think I can say with confidence was male. So it's not like it's a, a hard and fast rule. It's just, I like, I tend to lean towards females. I connect, I connect with those dogs a little bit better for some reason. And, um, I, there are some things I prefer about them over a male. So it's not that I don't enjoy well, Chief is a male, so we're going to be chaining Chief. So there's a really good example of it. And I can name a list of males that we've had over the last five years that I've really, really enjoyed, really liked having. So it, I think for her, for Sally, who sent me this message, you said it. Uh, you feel, uh, I feel like there's, I can connect better with male dogs. That's why you like male dogs more. And I don't think it has to do with you being a female. I think it just happens to be a preference for you. And so you followed that up with, also we're getting a fox red male in a month. He's the re- Is there a reason chocolates are not that popular or breeders don't care for them? Not sure if you, not sure if you have a what's wrong with a chocolate podcast. I just hear a lot of negative things. So I messaged back and laughed and said, uh, are you trying to really get me into a spot by saying I should do a what's wrong with chocolate podcast? Like, no, I'm not going to do that. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with, po- with chocolates. Now, you said you're getting a fox red. I'll tell you right now, this is me personally. Don't let this upset. I don't think it's going to upset you, but don't let this upset whoever else is listening. I used to really, really love fox red dogs. And... There was just something about them. I really liked their look. This is, and I'm talking 15 years ago. And that was when I first started seeing them a little bit more. And I really liked them. I just thought they were unique. I mean, they're yellow labs. They're just a different shade. They're a different color tone to them. And I was like, God, those are cool. They're really cool. And the reason I really liked them was partially because I liked the way they look. But probably more so because the few that I saw were just excellent dogs. Like I, I, I saw really, really good fox red dogs, and they were. I mean that they they were the way they trained and the way they performed. To me, set themselves apart. It wasn't the color necessarily. Now the color was the color did set them apart, but it was the other parts that made them as much or more desirable to me. So. What has happened, what I have seen in the last, I don't know, 10 to 15 years, I would say, is I have seen, and I've worked with some some red dogs that I'm just not happy. I just don't, I'm not impressed with. I, I've seen way more train out that I was like, ugh, not again. I won't do that one again. And, and I'm not picking on kennels and I'm not picking on lines or genetics. I'm just saying from my experience i've seen a lot of them a lot more of them they're nowhere near as rare or uncommon anymore in in fact they're becoming really common and the quality that was with that color was nowhere near what i saw when i first started seeing them so why is that and i think that it i do think that you can kind of figure that puzzle out they become very popular and so I think, now the Labrador in general is very popular. So you could say this about the entire breed, and I do think you can. I think that the, as a, if you're talking about a real broad spectrum, is the overall quality of dogs less today than it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 50 years ago? I don't know because I didn't see them. 
it, the way I see them now. So I can't, I don't know that I can honestly tell you that. But what I can say is, I do think that there are so many more of them that it's harder for me to really find the one that I think is really, really good. And so setters, you know, I, I've, I've dug into setters pretty hard the last few years. And I can say about setters, now I'm not anywhere into it as deep as I have been with Labradors for, for, for a while. So I don't know as much, of, I, I don't feel as confident saying it. But what I can say is the number of setters that are out there to look at, whether it be from kennels or just individual private breedings, the number of them out there is so few in comparison to the Labrador. Like I look at that and I go, now I, I don't think that they necessarily are all great. I know they're not. But the pool, the, the total number is so much, so fewer that it's not like I have to sift through as many to find the, the one that I think is the right fit for me. So I don't, it took a lot less time for me probably to sort through a higher percentage of the setters that are out there. And, and this is all based on percentages. Like if you got a pool of a million and you got a pool of a thousand, the percentage of good in both might be the same. And just for number's sake, let's just say it's 50-50. And that is totally off the top of my head. I'm not saying that 50% of the dogs are good and 50% aren't. But for numbers' sake, let's say it's 50-50. So you got a million dogs, and 50% of them are good, and 50% of them aren't. That's easy. It's 500,000 of them that are good, and 500,000 that aren't. If you got a thousand dogs, and 50% of them are good, and 50% of them aren't, you got 500 good ones, and you got 500 that aren't. In order for me to go and jump in the pool and start searching and find the good one that matches up with what I'm looking for, the big pool with a million in them. It might take me a while before I find the 50, one of the 50% because there's a whole lot more to go through. Where at the same time, you could say, yeah, but numbers are numbers. You could find a bunch of good ones right away too, potentially. I agree with that. But when you've only got a 1,000 to look at, it's not that hard for me to do my research in a real timely manner on a lot more dogs percentage-wise in that group. And maybe I find a couple good ones, and then I have the ability to really find the best of those good ones. And that means not the best dog, it means the best dog for me. So if that makes any sense to you, when you start looking at the Labradors, I think, you know, the number of the Fox Red dogs got to be so big. And here's the, here's the thing, and this is, what, this is where I'll, I'll talk about color. And I don't, I'm not telling you what is a good color or a bad color or a, I'll never say that because I don't think it's my place. If you like chocolates, get a chocolate. I think one of the things that's overlooked and is important is you should like your dog. Like you should, I, I when I picked the setter, I really, and, and I've, since I picked out the setter and put a deposit down on it, when I, one of the things that drew me to it was I like the look of their dogs. I'm getting a dog from Northwoods Kennels and Northwoods Bird Dogs, it's called. A sandstone Minnesota and I like the look of their dogs they're a lot of them are tri-colored and that is a genetic thing and I really like the look of their dogs both color size shape ahead coats just different things aesthetically that I like where 
there now I've I've gotten even since I mean I've had a deposit down for going on two years now, and I'm going to I've 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 continued to research, and some of these more traditional looking dogs that don't have the tricolor they don't have they, you know they might be white and black or you know primarily white with a little bit of black spots and there's a lot of different looks to these dogs those are growing on me where earlier on I and eh, they were a little more traditional and I wasn't as big on them so but those are all aesthetic things those are all things that can be controlled through breeding and they're for looks and but what has to happen is, in my opinion, from a breeder's standpoint, and when, whenever we breed, and I don't consider ourselves a breeder, we breed puppies. We do, but we're not a breeder. I breed dogs for myself and for our clients. That's it. So I don't, we don't, we're not looking to have litters of puppies for the public. The public will get some of them because we don't keep them all. So that's a nice little benefit of it for, for people that are going, I really like that style of dog. Well, if we have extra ones, we do offer some. So... But I'm breeding for me, and I'm breeding for the best fit for me because I'm going to train it. And so when, when we, there are certain things that are my priority list, and color is not very, is not, is, is not even on that list, to be honest with you. I don't care what color they are. Now, what I do find is that science rules a lot of times, and a lot of times the black dog is the one that fits all the checks all the boxes for the stuff I'm looking for and maybe it's not necessarily all black of black to a black dog but it's when you start mixing colors you get black dogs so it might be a I might have a yellow that has a real a dominant gene yellow but I'm breeding it to a dog that has black and now it's we're gonna get black puppies we might get some yellows depending on what that black dog has generations back in it but if nothing, if it all gets mixed up, we're getting blacks. And so personally, I, I really like the black dogs. That's my preference. Uh, I've seen the best ones. My, for me, the best ones have been black. So I, you're going to see me with a lot of black dogs probably the rest of my life. It's not because of the color. It's because of what I get out of the dog or what I have seen, seen come out of the dogs historically. So chocolates, when we start talking chocolate, the, it's the same scenario as, or very similar scenario as the, the red dogs. In order to get them, you have to almost try for it and as a breeder. So you have to be breeding for the emphasis, high on the list, priority-wise, color. And as soon as that happens, think about it. All the other desirables, whether they got nice natural retrieve, good disposition and temperament, Real biddable dogs, dogs that are really willing to work with you and want to want to be a part of the training process. They're not looking to combat you and they're not looking to quit on you. Those are all things that are super important to me. Health, like you know, hips, eyes, elbows, like really simple stuff when it comes to health stuff. All of those things are super important. But if, and this this comes back to I think you know what the breeder's intentions are as far as breeding and i'm not i'm not even going to think about talking about judging or making making sharing opinions on other people's breedings i trust that most people are pretty good i just think that that's life people are good and people do things for the right reasons i'll believe in that till the day i die at, at times i'll be proven wrong but 
for the most part, so I'm not going to put point my finger at anybody or even think about questioning what they're doing. It's none of my business. I know I got to control what I can control, and that's the the few litters that we we end up doing. But I know for a fact that sometimes those priorities are adjusted to fit what someone else needs and that if that's color if and i I've, i know that kennels do specialize and that's what they breed they breed certain colors and that that you know i don't even want to bring up the word but the, the whole con- controversy on the silver dogs is there are people that specialize in them and i go i understand how you specialize in it the way you do it is you can't take into consideration all the factors that I think are the most important. And so it comes back to this color to color. And in order to do that, other things are sacrificed. And so back to her question specifically, not sure if you, um, is there a reason chocolates are not, are not that popular or breeders don't care for them? I don't know that it's, I do think they're less popular. That's science. Like it's not as common and it requires a certain alignment of genes in order to produce chocolate dogs. And I, going back to, I do think most kennels are, I think for the most part, people out there are trying to improve the dogs, not necessarily um, sec, put that as a secondary. So that's, that's why it's difficult to get them. Are there good chocolate ones out there? Yes, with training, Training doesn't change based on the dog's color. Like, if you're training a chocolate dog or a silver dog or a black dog, it doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you an approach that I think will work best, and it really doesn't matter what color the dog is, and that's what I like about it. So my, my, my focus is not on, that, on the idea of what they look like. It's how they, how they perform. And so... You know, she, she, Sally sent this message and I said, boy, I don't, I don't know if I want to get into that because it could get a little messy. But then I also look at it and go, I don't know that I should hide behind it either. Like, I, I understand that, you know, I won't make everybody happy all the time. And so I don't think, you know, I'm trying to backpedal my, in my mind right now and go, I say anything that would offend anybody? I'm sure I did. Um, I don't think it, it, some people today... Um, are very offended by certain things. And, and I don't do it intentionally. If I did offend someone, I apologize. Like, I didn't do it to offend you. I want to tell you how I feel, and I want to be honest and, and share that with you. And as long as I do that, I've come to this. I had this conversation recently uh, with an editor of our, uh, that I work with, and really good conversation, actually. And we talked about some things, and, and one of the things was recognizing that my goal, like, and we were talking about writing, and so my goal when I write something is to give give her the best product I can, because I think it's the it's it's what I need to do. It's what I, I get paid to do from them, is to give them the best piece of work that I can, in order to be able to transfer that to their readers, because their readers are the goal of them is to give the readers the best product. So. I have to, that I'm a part of that puzzle. So I have to give them what I think is the best product. Now, her job is to edit my stuff and 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 filter it. And one of the things that I wrote about didn't make it. They cut it out. 
and and I was kind of, you know, I was a little disappointed in it, and it was because it was a, it was it was a real. I won't get into the specifics on it, but it was something that there, will, you know, the the message was there'll be some people that would be offended by that, and I do think that she's she was right. Some people will be offended by some things that I do and say. I get I see that on YouTube every day. There are people that think I beat dogs up. There, I think I mean there are. I, hey, I used to really really stress out about that. I used to really be hurt by that. I used to really put a lot of time into trying to correct that or make it right with whoever that person was and I recognized how draining that was and I recognized how how unproductive it was because I and then I looked at it as a numbers game again and I said for the one percent that I upset they're usually the loudest for whatever reason but so for the one percent that wasn't happy with me there's also 99 percent that probably enjoyed it and so I look at it now and I go, with everything I do that kind of goes along these lines is I have to pay attention to helping the 99% and not spend the effort on worrying about not offending the 1%. I'm never going to make everybody happy. And that's okay. And it took a long time for me, and I'm not even there yet 100%, but it took a long time for me to like get to where I'm at right now with it. And it's something that I'm continually working on. So I share the color stories with you on the dogs. I, I share my opinions on them. If you disagree with me, that's okay. Um, I, don't, I don't hold that against you. If you disagree with me, I ask that you're okay with it and don't hold it against me. And, and that's, I, I'm gonna do the best I can to be honest going forward. And, and that's, you know, I think that's connects to this topic, but I also think, again, I don't know, we, we didn't talk about it in this one. We talked about it in the last podcast. We talked about some patient stuff. And those are things that trickle over and move outside of dog training. There's a lot of things that we talk about with dog training, but then they actually um, apply to other places in life. And this is one of them. And I'm working on it. And I think there's no better time than in our society right now to be working on stuff like that because, boy, oh, boy, we're not going to get into it. But um, it, there's a lot of it out there, but I also want to remind people there's a lot of it that isn't out there. And it's the stuff that we, you know, I, I talk to people that we, that's all they see is the negative parts of it. Well, if you open up your eyes and you look for the positive stuff, there's more of that than there is the negative. So this podcast, I hope, is one of them. But I also think that we have to recognize that it's not always rainbows and, and it's not always unicorns and it's not always like just la-la land. There's reality too. So when someone sends me a question and asks, what's wrong with chocolates? I'll, I, I will handle it as best I can, but I also don't think I can beat around the bush completely either. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Do me a favor. If you like it, leave us a review. Share it with someone. Follow Do Ben a favor. You can follow him on, on the YouTube if you're not following us on YouTube. Um, we got some more questions coming up that we'll be talking about in podcasts. Some of them are directly related to our YouTube. So if you're not following, I recommend you do. It's another way for, to get information, another way to see some stuff from us. So thank you so much for your support. We appreciate it more than you know.